We did get a great yeah. question from one of our Spits and Suds faithful, uh, Jeffrey, at JLux007. He says, guys, I love this podcast. Thanks so much. Don't know where the proper place to ask questions. You found the proper place. Hopefully here works. Sean has talked about limiting Jamie Ben's minutes. How would he do that while keeping Johnston's minutes up, considering they're on the same line? I assume he needs more ice time. Yeah, no, that's the, and that's a really good question because it's it's definitely, and I get where the question comes from of you've got, you're talking about de-escalating one player while elevating another. And I actually, it's it's important to add the context here of where Jamie Ben was, right? Like we're talking about Jamie Ben this past season was, this past season uh, was at 1547, right? Two years ago and two, uh, the, during the 2021 season, Jamie Ben was averaging 1747. That's two more minutes per game. And I think Jamie Ben probably should be closer even to 1530 this year. That's actually not a bad minute count for Wyatt Johnston to be at. Like you look at this before Jamie Ben was being used in excess. That's what that was. That was that he was being used. If we assume that a, if we assume that there's 60 minutes in a hockey game, and there are 60 minutes in a hockey game. There's 60 minutes in a hockey game, and you have four lines. In theory, if you were to go, if you roll four exactly, just like scientifically quarter of a game, everyone would play 15 minutes. Well, that's probably where Jamie Ben and Wyatt Johnston both should be, right around 15 minutes. Because they should be that middle six, 15-minute guy where the Pavelski-Robertson-Hintz line probably should be up around 18 19 minutes a game you get another you, you get you get so when you and, and instead of taking 18 19 minutes a game for the Pavelski Robertson Hintz line that one of the best lines in hockey I want that line playing more your middle six should probably be playing about 15 minutes a game and then your fourth line is getting closer to 13 13 12 to 13 minutes and I think that's a good formula and I, and I think that's the way the way it works um the other key to to remember all of this is just special team usage is is different too. And right? I was going to get into special teams. Like, how does that change with the yeah. acquisitions? Uh, exactly. Smith, yeah. Deshane, Steele. Yeah, and I think, like, uh, for example, I think Wyatt Johnston should kill penalties. I, I think Wyatt Johnston should be part of your penalty killing. He is a. Um, I, I really like many parts of his game, and I think turning him into more of an effective shorthanded player would be a really nice piece i don't think jamie ben should be killing penalties anymore so like right there is a perfect example of what's one way you bring ben's minutes down but bring johnston's minutes up it's on it's on shorthanded i think ben um ben will probably still have a role on the power play i think that's that's definitely okay but you have different roles on on the special teams and as you kind of move things around and, and you figure out what roles work and what roles don't it starts to naturally even itself out if if that makes sense so it's a really good question because it's not like i want i don't want either i just want jamie ben i want jamie ben and y johnson both around similar minutes right now but also keep in mind that wyatt johnston two years from now probably going to be around an 18 minute a night guy jamie ben two years from now 
probably going to be around a 12 minute a night guy. So you're going to be, you're going to be at a spot where those two, they're, they're kind of in that spot in their careers where they're, um, and no one can see what I'm doing. I've got my hands doing little movements up and down right now, but they're even. And if the hands are even, if the right hand is Jamie Van, the left hand is Wyatt Johnston, the one hand's moving down while the other hand's moving up. And they're just going to start to, you're going to start to see that over kind of progress probably more so next season, but maybe a little bit this season, but special teams is how it's going to happen. I'm guessing, and I want your expertise on this as a guy who's covered the stars for years. I'm guessing with about a week left, we'll start to see the evolution of what we're going to see to begin the NHL regular season. Is that what about yeah. you know, the last two, yeah, three games? Yeah. It's, it's the space where I would say usually now for a lot of NHL teams, it is a, uh, the last the last preseason game is typically the quote unquote dress rehearsal game, right? Like you have um if you have the last preseason game, like you might even still see Logan Stankoven and Maverick Bork in that last preseason game because they might be like, well, we don't need to play uh Tyler Sagan or we don't need to play Joe Pavelski or something energy wise. But like you're typically your last preseason game is the closest you're gonna have to a regular season lineup. And probably in the second to third to last one are probably second to last one is the other one that's similar, but it really depends on how each coach looks at it. Um, the biggest thing will be when it, it usually happens with about three preseason games left. When does when's the mass cut that you no longer need two practice sessions? That's the big one. Right now you've got two uh you've got two groups. You got the 40 something player, just, just around 40 players in camp. You got two practice groups. It's, it's a lot. And as that gets sorted down, we'll see another round of cuts soon. I think Texas's camp starts in about four or five days. Um, as all of that happens, you're going to see one group and then it'll be whittled down from that one group to a dress rehearsal group or whatever. And I think that's the key to watch. And how long, keeping in mind of guys we had earlier conversations with, those guys from that are going to be in the AHL, um, like Stankoven and Bork, the long if there was part of that whittle down group, that's a good sign for where they'll be when an injury happens to for the potential call up. Yep, absolutely. Sean, get your popcorn ready tonight. The debut of 18-year-old Connor Bedard for the Chicago Blackhawks as they take on the St. Louis Blues. That game will be on NHL Network. So it'll be interesting to see how many eyes are on preseason hockey watching the Blackhawks. And, uh, boy, it's going to be special seeing him at the AAC this year. He's going to be a fun player. He's going to be one of those guys where um... – if you're a hockey fan, he's going to be right up there with I'm buying a season ticket pack. I'm buying like if you're the, if you're the type of person who's like, hey, I'm going to I'm going to buy I'm going to buy a multi-game pack of five or six games. Right. Like Chicago always is going to be on your list for a long time because he's he's going to be like McDavid. Um, he's. He, he's an elite player. He's going to be one of the best players in the world pretty quickly. Even just it's this kid's going to be fun to watch. Yeah, he's going to be really fun to watch. And, and just like the stars did with Wyatt Johnston, Joe Pavelski, Nick Felino has said, "Come here, 
and kind of taking him under his wing. And I love the signing of Nick Felino on that team with a lot of youngsters, also Taylor Hall. I'm not saying that they're going to win the Central Division. I'm just saying they put some nice veteran pieces in place along with a younger core coming through the system. Um, guys that have been there, guys that have played for you know, a long time, guys that have played in meaningful games. So I think that was some smart movement for the Blackhawks, who have a lot of assets. To be clear, they are still going to be bad. I think that's the thing. Yep. The, like, just the other thing, just to be clear on, they're going to be fun, but they're going to be bad. There, that is not a good. It is not a good hockey team. It's right. a fun hockey team. It will be fun to track. Um, but like, if you take a look at their, they they brought some pieces. I think that are going to help them move things along in the right way and everything like that. But there is. and this is no disrespect to our old friend, Jason Dickinson, but when Jason Dickinson is your fifth best forward on the roster, yep, that's not a good hockey team. Yeah. That's not like, that's no, like, no, like I think, I think Jason Dickinson is a great, is a great piece at around nine or as, as your kind of your depth forward, your ninth or 10th best forward. But when Jason Dickinson is your fifth, arguably your fifth best forward on the roster, that's not a playoff team. That's not a good hockey team. But so this team is going to be, fun they're gonna let up a lot of goals i mean you look on their at their back end where um there's gonna be some mistakes there's gonna be some some big mistakes on the back end when you look at kind of how they're built but they're gonna be one of those must watch teams and like you go back to crosby a long long time ago you go to crosby's first year in the league pittsburgh was really bad um you go to mcdavid's first year in edmonton they were an under 500 team chicago is gonna be this year, though, is all about just kind of enjoying the ride. And for and to me, the real kind of like, how do you compete with, how do you compete and take advantage of Bedard's rookie contract is year two and three of how do you, okay, you signed, you signed a lot of short-term deals this year. A lot of guys are going to come off the books next season. How do you kind of... uh because it's funny, Gavin, like you look at the, I'm looking at cap friendly for Chicago right now of the 14 forwards they have on there right now, only one, two, three, four, only five of them have a contract for next season with Chicago. Wow. Like, and on the back end, it's only of the seven defensemen they've got on the roster projected roster right now. They've only got only three of them have a contract contract for next year with Chicago. Like this is a team where it's, this year is all about the stopgap. It's why they're paying Corey Perry $4 million. It's why they're paying Tyler Johnson $5 million. This year is all about being fun and entertaining enough. And then next year with a boatload of cap space, you start going to work and you start using that Connor Bedard recruiting pitch to some other guys who are like, hey, come be part of this. Come here for two years. We got Connor Bedard making less than a million dollars a year help us take advantage of that because that's when I start to get worried about Chicago as other central division teams, not this year, but next year. Sean, I'm going to pull my weight because you've been pulling your weight too much on this podcast. <laughs> and in November, I'm going to fly to Massachusetts and I am going to go see Boston university uh, against Quinnipiac. Ooh. Yes. And I know. I'm going to see Cole Eiserman. 
who is projected to be a top three pick for Boston University. Macklin Celebrini, too. Yeah. Yep. And Quinnipiac uh, has two kids that were drafted, one in the third round by Boston and one in the fifth round um, So by another team. So it's a good game. Yeah. But I'm, I gotta pull my, I gotta pull my weight. I'm trying to get a job for EP ringside or something yeah. like that. You know? <laughs> just trying to figure it out. So I just wanted to yeah. just wanted to yeah. let you know I will have a report for you. I I love it. I love it. Well, <laughs> it's uh, it's it's the other thing too. I think that's something I, we should just mention real quick on this. Like we obviously talk about the stars and that's that's the main focus with this podcast. But I love a lot of the other hockey conversation we get to have. Yeah. All of the other things like. So if you're a listener and you have something else you're curious about or you want to ask us, we can always we can talk that stuff too. Well, Gavin and I will always find ways to go down wormholes. Yep. So if you want to be the one that opens up a wormhole and you're a listener, yep. feel free. So. Yep. Absolutely. It's amazing when I'm walking the dog. I'm like, I'm gonna bring that up on the podcast. He's at Sean Shapiro on Twitter. I'm at GJ Spittle, and you could just throw any questions. In fact, a little tidbit, and this is hockey-related. We talked earlier about the expansion of the game and how Australia was a success. So I saw the signing of former NHL defenseman Joe Morrow. He is going to play. And when I first saw Manchester, I said, wow, <laughs> he's going to play in Manchester, New Hampshire. That's interesting. He's going to play in Manchester, England, professional hockey. And then I so I went down this wormhole and I started researching hockey in England and some of the teams. I have to tell you, there's some pretty packed arenas. Granted, it's not 16,000, but 2,500, 3,000-seat arenas that are pretty full for hockey in England, and it was pretty awesome to see. Yeah, I, I'm. it's kind of one of those things where I'd love to – it's one of the places I'd love to see a game, actually, just because it's um, – it seems to me that there's kind of a bit of that uh, – a little bit of that fanatical base. It's a sport that fits pretty well with the, uh, the English climate as yep. far as the weather goes. And, uh, I, uh, and it's not, uh, it's still, t- it's, it's still obviously like if you're, if you look at the European leagues, it's, um, obviously the Russian league's a bit weird right now with the ongoing invasion, but you look at Sweden and Finland, uh, um, those leagues are obviously up top in the Swiss league, but like the English league is, is starting to make a bit of a push and it's nice to see. So. Yeah, absolutely. I, um, had, uh, still have a good friend, Peter Zingoni who played for the arrows in the AHL and we got to know each other and, uh, he actually got an offer to go play in Germany and mm-hmm. what, you know, when I was talking to him about it, I was like, what was it like? And he's like, man, this was well worth it. The pay is great. You don't play as much. He's like, and it's just, it's great. It's it's just, you get to visit countries. This is fascinating. So uh, it's good to see because it opens up opportunities to continue careers. And also for some that might not make it to the NHL, they get paid more than if they were in the ECHL, let's just say. So I think yeah. it's a great opportunity for some players to, you know, make a living for a number of years playing a decent level of hockey. I have a good friend who, or I have a good family friend um, who uh, I I grew up playing around, and he actually plays in the Swiss league right now, mm. and uh, he plays in the Swiss B the Swiss B league right now, and um, you, you talk about like 
a cool life experience. You get to go play sport. You get to go play a sport for a living in Switzerland. Um, it's tax free. That's nice. Wow. Um, it's uh, and they provide housing and a car for you, and it's like you get all of that provided. And by the way, like you play, they typically play like a fifty-five game schedule. I think so. It's not the rigors of an NHL schedule. You get some time to see the world. Like it's whenever uh, I always, I get why guys do it. And I don't want to like dump on the ECHL at all, but I always wonder why there's some guys who like, I'll see some of these guys who stay in the ECHL and play 10 to 15 years in the ECHL or whatever. And there are a couple of them. And I always wonder why they never left for Europe just because as much as you're like, oh, I'm in the ECHL, I'm two leagues away from the NHL. There's a life experience and there's more money to be made by going to Europe than playing in the ECHL. And I, it's always interesting to me when I see those cases. And for some guys, maybe it's just not their cup of tea. They don't want to leave the United States or they don't want to leave North America and that's fine. But for if I was ever in that spot to be good enough at hockey, and that kind of was where my career path I'd loved. I would have loved to play in Europe for a bit to see what it was like. Yeah, no, absolutely. I completely agree with you. Uh, also wanted to uh, shout out our man Fink on Twitter. Um, uh, he's loves playing club hockey and just a good dude. He's going to be doing social media for the Allen Americans. So congratulations. Awesome to see that passion for hockey turns into a uh, job. So congratulations to our Spits and Suds friend Fink. Um, so that's great. And all right, so let's plug the book. We yep. win here. We've talked about Ottinger. We talked about Campbell. What is a story that we necessarily haven't heard yet that you know you kind of found fascinating uh, coming up with this book? Yeah, um, it's a good one. I mean, right now the the one that's fresh in my mind is just the we've and we've talked about this one, but it is fresh on my mind is just the we see more and more talking about the um, players and their being able to, whether they should be able to play in the AHL as a 19 year old. And it brings me back to the Honka story. So that's a good one to talk kind of about the, the, uh, the, the Julius Honka situation. But the one I want to just bring up real quick, just because it's um, the kind of the thing that I was thinking of right now. And you mentioned seeing Houston arrows games before is this is, and this is for our listener who might be in San Antonio. There's a nice, in that book we went here, there's a nice chapter about um, kind of what was hockey in San Antonio yeah. because it was such a great rivalry between Texas and San Antonio. There was two teams that were right there. There was a good hockey community. Um, so it's kind of sad it's no longer there, but we at least try to remember it in the uh, in the book, so... Yeah, no, absolutely. There was a there was a great rivalry, and you know, add the arrows to that too. And anytime, yes, anytime yes. San Antonio came to Houston or Dallas, uh, sorry, Texas came, you know, mm-hmm. um, that that those were those were bigger games. So it's uh, yeah, I'll, always. I, I just love minor league hockey. I, I love the bits in between periods. I just you know, I love the family friendly atmosphere. It's such a great quality of hockey in the AHL. So if you get a chance. You know, make a trip out of it, head down toward Austin, and you can see the Texas Stars because you are seeing some studs down there. So I'm super excited. I'm going to do it this year, Sean, uh, and uh, watch some uh, quality hockey and uh, see how Mr. Stankoven, Borg, Bixel, on and on. Go see our friend Curtis McKenzie. So uh, excited about that as uh, well. So 
All right, that's going to do it for Spits and Suds today. And uh, we're excited because, as you can tell, preseason hockey is underway. And before we know it, the regular season uh, will begin. We'll continue to break down you know, more and more players as we continue to watch them. And uh, we'll give our predictions as we get closer. So exciting times. So if you haven't yet, uh, feel free to, and please do, support Sean. Uh, for all his work on this podcast, he has a subscription base at Shap Shots. So always good to uh, support Sean. And uh, so Sean can make a living. So he stays happy. He stays my friend, my teammate and stuff <laughs> like that. So that, that'll be, <laughs> and that'll be good. And uh, just to let you guys know, uh, we'll be talking a lot of hockey this year on 105.3 The Fan. Candidly, we, we upped our hockey content this year, partly because of Spits and Suds podcast. Uh, but we also saw uh, kind of a, a a void in the community, so to speak, where it wasn't being done. And we felt as though if we touched on certain things, the hits, so to speak, the big subjects, um, I think people would embrace that. And uh, that's what we did. And it came off very successful. I also, Sean, recently saw a research study. and. It was pretty amazing to see how well the Dallas Stars tested in the market as far as I want to hear about Dallas Stars news. So I thought that was very fascinating. Part of it could be coming off a Western Conference Finals. Uh, people, A lot of people think they're closest to the championship of the major teams, but it was good to see that hockey definitely has some traction right now in the Metroplex. It is. I mean, we saw the... Uh... There's a pretty good crowd for the preseason game there on, yeah. on, on Tuesday night as well. So that's that's all good. All very good. Absolutely. So. Rocking the lower ball bowl all year long. All right, Sean, thank you as always. We'll catch up with you later. That's going to do it for Spits and Suds. Please, as the season approaches, just spread the word. There's a great hockey podcast, and you know we talk about everything from the minors uh, to the majors and all in. And we'll go down those rabbit holes like we did today because we want you to have fun. We want this to be an enjoyable experience. Have a great day, everyone. Thanks for listening to Spits and Suds.